Hello everyone, welcome to a new edition of Hue at Home. And we are talking all things, well, Comic-Con. So there's a lot of excitement that's coming up at the end of this month, October 27th to 29th at the RBC Convention Center. And I have two gentlemen here that know it all and have been there, done that. I've got Jason Rockman and Cliff Caparella that are waiting right now to tell us more about Comic-Con 2023. So welcome, guys, to Hugh at Home. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having us. <laughs> all right, Jason, you are the spokesperson but the guy that knows everything about Comic-Con. So let's get right to it. Who is coming so far to Comic-Con in Winnipeg on October 27th? Well, first off, I'm, I'm the spokesperson, but I'm not the guy who knows everything. The guy, <laughs> that guy knows everything, Cliff, okay. wherever he is on the screen. But, but he just tells me what to do, and then I go and I oh. say it. But, but, uh, no, but, but um, listen, we, listen our, our lineup this year is, is, is crazy. We've got more stuff coming. Um, it's, it's, it's really... It's funny because everyone will, 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 will approach you and say, okay, Comic-Con, what's Comic-Con? What, what, what's it about? Why should I come to Comic-Con? And I always tell people it's a celebration of pop culture. And every year the programming department um, just knock me off my feet with what they're able to, to, to come up with. And, uh, and this year's no, no exception. I mean, we've got – it's funny because I know certain things. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really say certain things, but I want to say certain things. But we've announced a bunch of guests, um, mm -hmm. but we have not. Would it be safe? Would it be safe, Cliff, to say that we haven't touched the tip of the iceberg, or we haven't like we were? Uh, for some people, for sure. Uh, for some people, uh, we're we're not done announcing things. It's basically the Jason was just alluding to. Okay. Well, yeah. yes. So you know, we're going to be showing this around October twelfth. Okay, just to let you know. <laughs> so, okay, we still, won't, we still won't be done. We oh, be done. okay. Well, you're, they're just going to have to go to the website, and we'll keep but, on saying but, it, WinnipegComicCon.com. Um, but anyways, okay, uh, Cliff, programming. Yes, you bring in the guests, but there's so much more than that, right, at this convention? Yes. I mean, obviously, the guests are there to sign autographs, to take pictures with the fans, but they also give uh, on-stage uh, talk, if you will. Uh, so they go up on the stage and they talk about how it is to work in the industry. Now, this year, because of the strike, the, mm -hmm. if it's still going on by October 27th, uh, they will have to reframe how they answer those questions. But that's what fans want to know. They, they ask them, how is it working in those industries, working with certain people, uh, you know, and uh, and what influences them to move forward. But besides the celebrities on stage, which do attract hundreds, if not thousands of people to, the, to our big stage, uh, we also have a lot of workshops and a lot of panels. So that's professionals and amateurs that come and present different topics about how to build your cosplay or how to get into uh, comic book collecting or a variety of different topics. Okay, so pop culture, Jason. Mm. It means a lot of different things to so many different people. How have you seen it change and how have you seen the influence of pop culture on the way that we live today? Well, I think it really, you can really see, you can pinpoint when things really, really changed, um, when the Big Bang Theory kind of broke through. Um, it brought people like, I guess, people like Cliff and I into everyone's, <laughs> into everybody's um, living room every week and the fact that we were able to 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 be i guess represented 
for lack of a better word, um, on television was, was, was groundbreaking because there are so many of us out there, so many people that are passionate about pop culture. So I think it was really the Big Bang Theory that brought that group of people to the forefront and let the, the masses know that there are a lot of people that are into uh, pop culture, into superheroes, into, and that'll really, really go that step further um, and we'll debate things in those universes and, and discuss things and collect things. And, and I think that that combination and then the first Marvel movie with Iron Man, the first Marvel Studios movie, mm-hmm. that's what really blew the doors open for, for, for everything. I mean, not to say that these events weren't popular before, but that's what really, really put it into um, into everyone's um, subconscious. And it, it just it just exploded from there. And I think the timing was just perfect for, for people that were into all of these things. I mean, um, you know, with, with Lord of the Rings becoming popular, um, with you know the Marvel Universe, with Star Trek getting a new life, with all their new um, their new shows, all this stuff just started compounding, and um, it just leaked into the rest of, of of the you know the populace. And now we've kind of taken over, and it's almost <laughs> you'd be hard pressed to find someone that isn't into something that's kind of geek related. <laughs> okay, so I, that was really interesting because it's leading me to the question now. Almost every other movie released is a superhero movie. I get them mixed up between Marvel and DC Comics and and the whole kind of thing. And there is talk that it's overrun now. Cliff, has it come to like a boiling point where it's just so much, too much? Um, I think that there's a portion of the population that does feel that way, but I don't think it's necessarily that there's too much product out there. I feel that it's, it's, it's overly marketed because there's just as many different kinds of films available or even more mm-hmm. so on your different streaming services or in the cinema uh, than just the superhero films. If we look at it, Marvel's releases, I think the most amount of films they've released in a single year is about three films. I think DC went as far as four films in one year, which does seem overwhelming. But if you think back to the times of when Star Trek used to run 25 episodes a season, uh, that's 25 hours that surpasses the three or four movies, right, uh, that are released every year. And even then, it, uh, when it was Star Trek The Next Generation, it's just Star Trek Next Generation and those characters. But in a, in a year of Marvel, you're just going to get maybe a Spider-Man, maybe an Ant-Man, and maybe an Avengers, all, all the group together. So it's kind of, I think, in terms of how much they market, I think some people feel like it's too much. But I think that there is still a lot of story to tell. And, but they are, they, are, they are still listening to those people that, are, that say it's too much and kind of pulling back a little bit. So I think it's a little healthy to still listen to those people. Yes, no doubt. Jason, um, have you seen the crowd change? Like, I mean, yes, you know, we get older. But yeah. the crowd now that comes to Comic-Con, how does it differ? Or is it the same from the crowd that came to Comic-Con, you know, five, six, seven years ago? Well, you know, it's funny because, um, like Cliff, uh, I'm someone who, you know, I have kids, and they've kind of grown up around these events. So I I have a picture of the first Montreal Comic-Con that I went to, and my kids were, my daughter was in a stroller. You know, my daughter's 16 now. Um, It's kind of nutty to think that the thing that changes is you see more families coming, and you see people that have started families you see people um that have um had had more kids or or, or that have like have extended families that have brought their parents their parents bring friends so it just becomes a bigger family event so what i've seen in terms of changes i've just seen generations coming now 
Um, and I think when you do an event for over 10 years, like we've done in Montreal and like what we hope to do in Winnipeg, you see that change happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the people that show up, you know, one year they might, you know, someone might show up pregnant and then five years later, you know, you see them with that, that, that baby that they had. And, you, and then you met them five years previous to them being pregnant when they were just starting to date the person they were dating. So it's just really fun to see that change, which is the biggest change that I see. In terms of the crowds, um, no, uh, you know, smiling faces are smiling faces. Uh, and that's what we usually see every year. So that that's one constant. You know, and I have to say that because uh, I have experienced it, it it seems like a real family event, Cliff. Like yeah. it doesn't seem like an adult event or a little kids event, which sometimes we get preconceived ideas about when we hear who's going to be there. Uh, but it really truly is. I mean, there is something for everyone, right? Yeah, it really is truly for all ages. And and it's, you know, when you're a parent that may be into comics, uh, and it's kind of nice to kind of put them down, they go see the Iron Man in a costume, <laughs> or they go see uh, some of the other stuff that, that that's that's happening around them. So it's like, uh, it, it gives a, a parent an opportunity to expose their kids to what they love. And I think Jason and I both have done that. <laughs> I, ha- I, have, I have my daughters who grew up around this, literally, they're both 12 and 16. And one of them cosplays now. Uh, she oh. actually makes her own costumes. Uh, and uh, she doesn't participate in masquerade or anything like that, but she likes to walk around, meet up with people that are dressed in the same way as her. And and that's what you see a lot of now. It's like you, you see that there's no shame in it. There's no more embarrassment for loving the things that you love. You know, everybody's welcome to these to these events. So cosplay, I mean, I guess I'll let Jason sort of give just a, a, a brief definition of cosplay because I know that I just heard about it, you know, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that don't know what cosplay is. Basically, for lack of a, a, of a simpler term, cosplay is when you dress up. Um, but the difference with a cosplayer and someone who will go buy a costume off of the rack is a cosplayer will make their own cos- costume. Um, and that, that sets them apart from someone that will just go to, you know, party time or <laughs> a costume store and just buy something with a little mask and a, uh, you know, and a, a rubber band. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. You can no. do that as well. But, but a true cosplayer that'll enter a masquerade and be judged um, for, uh, for, their, for their costume is usually someone that makes it by themselves. And that's the impressive thing. Um, you know, when you, when you get to the point where you're, you're looking at people that are in the, you know, the 501 Legion, um, which is the, uh, the Star Wars, the, the certified Star Wars cosplay group. Um, there are certain criteria you have to meet even to be a member of that. And it's impressive. They have to be as screen accurate as possible. And it's, it's just so cool to see what people are able to do um, with their imagination, with their creativity, with their skills. Uh, I don't even, and I'm, I, I don't even like try to venture into the cosplay world because I, <laughs> I, I just, no, I, 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 I don't have any. I mean, you know, I've sat in, a, I, I've sat in, um, in a wheelchair a couple of times because I'm bald, and people have said, "Oh, you make a great Professor X from the X Men." I've done that, but that's about the extent of my cosplay. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have cosplay skills, but I have a lot of respect for cosplayers, a tremendous amount of respect for cosplayers. So that's what, you know, when I'm explaining, you know, because one of my jobs is to try to get the word out to people that have not been to Comic-Con that need to know why they need to come. And that's one of the things I tell them, you know, when you see the cosplayers and you see the amount of love and the work that goes into putting your costume together. And we've seen over the years, we've seen some stuff that's just blown us away. I mean, so, so impressive. 
um, it's it's the thing that keeps a lot of people coming back. They just want to take pictures. They want to they want to just people watch. It's just it's just a fun environment to be in. But cosplay is is a is very very impressive and and the level of cosplay um we've we have some friends of ours uh, the estrada sisters that are three sisters from montreal that that cosplay and and they're some of the best cosplayers that i've ever seen and they just embody the characters not only do they do they make their costumes and dress up but then they they embody these characters when they're taking photos and when they're walking around like they look like them and i don't know about you cliff but every once in a while they'll, they'll pull one off and i'm like is that Carmen. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, that's it. Carmen. I remember she was she was wearing a, a costume from the uh, Fantastic Beasts. I forget the character's name from the Harry Potter world. And and basically, she is a, a, a woman, and she dressed up as a man. And you couldn't. It, she looked like the character. You could almost. You're like, is that the guy? But you're like, it's too short to be the guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> the coat, the details, the, everything was just perfect. Some of the some of the folks they just started at home and continue at home to sew on the floor, uh, you know, do whatever they can and give themselves some deadlines that they never meet. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of cosplayers have unfinished uh, products lying around for the next con and the next con and the next con. Oh my goodness. And you know what? It, it's so fortunate that they have like these events to show off what they do. And it truly... Yeah. It truly is wonderful because they do have a passion for it. Um, I want to go to Cliff and talk a little bit about collectibles. And uh, and also to Cliff because you have <laughs> artists there too. Uh, the graphic artists and everything there too as well. Collectibles. Um, how many pieces do you have? <laughs> uh, for the toys, I, I lost count a long time ago. But uh, I do rotations. I have over a thousand uh, figures uh, in this room alone. I think, uh, and my wife notices if I move a statue into a different room. She's like, <laughs> I notice that you have that old green statue there. So like, please move it back. Uh, I, I have a lot of collectibles. I'm trying to cut down quite a bit, trying to get 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 rid of some and make it a little bit more focused. Uh, I have, as you can see, I don't know if you can see here, but that's a lot of Darth Vader's. I like the weird ones, the odd Darth Vader's that uh, it could be a kid's Oh, I dropped it. It's okay. It could be a kid's toy, and it's okay. Nobody's gonna cry. I'm crying later. Uh, uh, but uh, it could be uh, the oddest, the oddest oddities. I, I prefer. I'm not a collector out there to, you know, eventually get money out of it. I, I do it because of the passion. Because I love seeing these these figures. It is a lot of nostalgia. I mean, if you look at my key, the key parts of my collection, uh, it's gonna be Transformers, Star Wars, uh, He-Man. And uh, but I do have a couple of, like weird designer toys that uh, Jason and I. I think that's where our our, our collections uh, have something in common, where oh. we have like designer toys. Those yeah. are the more expensive ones, but we can't afford them all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then there's the artists, right? So I, mm -hmm. I I I like to buy the occasional sketch uh, piece from from an artist uh, or, or or a print if I can't afford this a full sketch. Uh, but I do have, again, thousands of comics. I'm sure Jason can say it, that as well. Um, and that's hard to stop. The comics are hard to stop because once you start a story when you're 15 years old and you know, that story's still going on, you're like, the characters really? that you love, you want to see how, it, how they end and you will never see them, how they end. Really? And, and so are comic books still the rage? Are, like, are they still as popular as they were uh, well, in I yesteryear? 
Yeah, I think that they, they reached a, a certain uh, height, if you will, in the in the 90s. I, mm -hmm. I think that that was like the, some of the biggest numbers they've ever had. Uh, but I think that the it's there is a lot more variety in the comics available today than there ever was. But the uh, but the community is spread across the different genres because it's not just superhero comics. Uh, there's detective comics, not just the Batman one. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole bunch of romance comics out there. Uh, there's adventure, sci-fi, sci uh, a lot of things that you've never seen on the screen that lie out there. A lot of independent comic books. But the heyday was really in the 90s. But it's still it's still alive, and a lot of these folks they find uh, they find their voices in the comics. Well, speaking of voices, Jason, also the BIPOC population seeing themselves in comic books or seeing themselves on the silver screen as superheroes. How has that sort of changed the whole kind of dynamic, I guess? I mean, I think that, you know, um, being able to being able to watch, you know, something on whenever you see yourself represented in pop culture, whoever you are, it's also uh, it's always like a stamp of approval from uh, the powers that be. And, and, and it's always been one of the hardest things to get. Not that we should be seeking that, but we all do seek that approval. We all seek that. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be recognized. We want to be seen. I think everybody has a voice in them that wants to be heard. So when you are represented um, in comic books, if you're represented in films, uh, if you're represented in, in a TV show, um, it means a lot. And I think that the, the, the fact that we're seeing more and more of that um, and, and we're seeing these strides that are taking quite, uh, quite briskly in the last few years, it's a great thing. And, and you're seeing that happen um, in comic books, you're seeing it happen in pop culture, you're seeing it happen everywhere. And it's a great thing. And again, it just goes hand in hand with how we feel about our event. We want our event to always be inclusive. We want our event, you know, to be a place where everyone feels safe and feels loved and feels um, like they have a place to be seen, heard, and cared for. And I think we've been providing those events for, for a number of years now, and Winnipeg's no different. Uh, well, and yes, you said it all. I have to admit that. It's one of those uh, true events that, besides we talked about having something for everyone, it also includes everyone. And I think mm. that's so important, especially now oh, yeah. in this day and age. Okay, so Cliff, uh, you're the guy. How do you pick and choose? Okay, can, can you name off, okay, who do we have so far? Well, I think Michael Rooker, um, Sean Astin. Uh, oh, Honor? Yes. Um... The guy from Kin's Convenience, sorry. <laughs> yes, Paul Sun Young Lee. Paul Sun Young Lee. But he's also there because of uh, the Mandalorian, and yes. he just made an appearance on Ahsoka. So it's like he's 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 in a whole bunch of different Star Wars, which yeah. is fantastic. I mean, he, here we are. You're talking about representation. I know. Right? And here we are. It's double representation. A, he's Asian. Yes. That's one thing. But he's also Canadian, yeah. and I think that. <laughs> that all Canadians, it doesn't matter where you come from, a lot of people have already watched Kim's Convenience and they relate to that show so well in Canada mm. that every time they see uh, him at a show, people are like automatically more Kim's Convenience than Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, But it's, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, it is. And uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Sorry, I know him better yes. from Breaking Bad. Uh, quick question. When can we get... And I am so sorry. I... His name escapes me, but I love the show, The Last of Us, the main character. He's on The Mandalorian. Pablo. Uh, Pablo. Pablo uh, 
Yeah. Pascal, I, I, Pascal. I, I, yeah. I, I, I did Pascal. ask. I mean, Pedro, 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 Pedro Pascal. Come Pedro, on, Pedro, you guys. Pascal. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is is a very in demand actor. <laughs> I would be surprised <laughs> yeah. to see him at any convention other than not right now, but for promotional reasons. Uh, uh, he is too busy to be at conventions. <laughs> uh, the guy, he's he's uh, you know he's been acting for a good portion of his life, but I think now he's hit stardom and he's not gonna. He's like Giancarlo, but Giancarlo can do cons. <laughs> Giancarlo likes to do cons. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we... Yep. No. no sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. About John, well, Giancarlo, like, like Cliff says, like, Giancarlo is one of these weird anomalies. He's very much a in-demand, A-list working actor that does cons. <laughs> he just, he loves meeting people. He And, and that, uh-huh. I, we, I wish, I wish everyone was like that because mm-hmm. then we'd probably have Pedro Pascal at our show, but um, that, <laughs> they're rare. And the fact that we're getting Giancarlo and, you know, Cliff and I spent some time with him uh, a couple of weeks ago in Ottawa. Um, he's, he's wonderful. And, but you do not get many of those chances. No, no. So, I mean, already the list is, is incredible, but you know what, gentlemen, thank you so much for, making or putting Winnipeg included on the map with the Comic-Con. Uh, it really does raise the spirits of our whole city around Halloween, of course. And uh, we just look forward to another great party, October 27th to 29th at the RBC Convention Center. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you so much, Cliff. I know it's going to be a great success. Comic-Con here in Winnipeg, 2023. We'll see you next time on Hue at Home. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.